Welcome to the Forensic Chiropractor Podcast, the podcast about healthcare relating to courts, with your host Jeff Clayton, chiropractic physician. Hello and welcome to the Forensic Chiropractor. This podcast is about chiropractic as it relates to courts. So the podcast will talk about injuries that have the potential to go to courts, such as motor vehicle collisions, workers' comp cases, slip and fall, malpractice. My name is Jeff Clayton. I'm a chiropractic physician in Utah. I graduated from the University of Western States in 2012. I'm an American Board of Independent Medical Examiner. And I have extensive postgraduate training through uh, chiropractic and medical schools. You can always see my CV on ime-utah.com. I've done over 500 IMEs, both for plaintiff and defense. And for my podcast, what I'm going to do is go over a research article and how it relates to the forensic or court world, and then give a real example from one of my patients or independent medical exams. And for the first podcast, I'm going to use the article Ligament Injury and Healing, a Review of Current Clinical Diagnostics and Therapeutics. This was published in the Open Rehabilitation Journal in 2013, um, published by Hauser, who is a medical neurologist. This article is one of my favorites about ligaments. When I see patients, IMEs, Uh, A lot of ligament damage out there, and this really has helped with my understanding of ligaments and helped with report writing. This article discusses uh, the ligament's function. What is a function of a ligament? And they say, ligaments were once thought to be inactive structures, but they are in fact complex tissues. Ligament-mediated reflexive control is so important. Understanding the control ligaments have on muscles is a very important part. I'm going to do a future podcast on some of the research and studies out there showing the reflexive control ligaments have over muscles and movement and function. And this article also goes on to talk about how often are ligaments injured. Ligaments, they say, are the most frequent injured tissue within a joint. The most common mechanism of injury is blunt trauma. Very common for an actual trauma to happen for ligament damage. The article says women are more ligament dominant than men, and therefore women have more frequent ligament injuries. Once a ligament is damaged, what is a healing process like? The article talks, and this is one of my favorites, so pay attention to this. Injured ligaments lead to inadequate healing and tissue formation that is inferior to the tissue it has replaced. The incomplete healing and lower integrity of the new ligament tissue results in ligament laxity, predisposing the joint to further injury. This cycle of ligament injury and subsequent laxity causes joint instability, which leads to chronic pain, diminished function, and ultimately to osteoarthritis of the affected joint. There, that very end again, it says, leads to chronic pain, diminished function, and ultimately osteoarthritis of the affected joint, which is the bone spurs, the degeneration of the bones. Where does osteoarthritis come from? What is the cause of that? Now, besides a couple autoimmune diseases that exist, it comes from too much movement in a joint, not enough movement in the joint, or abnormal movement in the joint. And this is all based on Wolf's Law, which has been around for well over 100 years, which states bones will adapt to the 
changes and stresses placed upon them. As we move joints differently, too much, not enough, or in an abnormal way, the stress is altered on that joint and it'll lead to that bone spurring or osteoarthritis. Remains a long-term consequence of ligament injuries and osteoarthritis is the most common joint disorder in the world according to this research article. Now this article goes on to discuss the different composition of healthy ligaments. A healthy ligament is made up of 75% collagen and 25% proteoglycans, elastin, and glycoproteins. Within this 75% of collagen, 85% of that is type 1 collagen, which is the strong tensile strength ligament or collagen in a ligament that helps with its strength. Proteoglycans store water and contribute to the viscoelastic property of the ligament, which allows the ligament to lengthen under tension and return to its original strength. Now, there's five stages in this article they talk about a ligament length or stretching of it. Phase one or stage one is when it's relaxed. The joints really relax and the ligaments have a lot of relaxed, no tension on them. Uh, stage two is when we start to stretch that ligament. Some of the fibers start to tighten up and some of them remain loose. Stage three is when we've hit that physiological limit, the full stretch of that ligament. All the fibers in the ligament are at the end range and tight. Stage four is when we get micro tearing, just small little tearing throughout that ligament. And then it goes to stage five, which is the full tearing of that ligament. So the study, this one as well as others, have shown that ligaments do micro tearing and then sudden and complete failure there. Once ligaments reach this stage four or five where they have micro tearing or complete catastrophic tearing, there are three phases seen in this research article of what I want to call attempted healing. Phase one is the acute inflammatory phase. This is the remodeling phase. We get a lot of growth factors that come and lead to the activation of fibroblasts and we're going to start synthesizing new ligament tissues. Um, phase two is the proliferative or repair phase. This is where the tissue becomes disorganized like scar tissue with blood vessels, fat cells, fibroblast, inflammatory cells, and we're all starting to synthesize collagen. But we no longer synthesize that type 1 collagen. We're just doing type 3 collagen, which is weaker, and it has a lot less stiffness, 10 to 20% of the viscoelastic properties of a healthy ligament. This leads to, as they say in the study, mechanical instability. Now, phase 3 in the healing process is the remodeling phase. We get the maturation of this type 3 collagen, which is similar to scar tissue, and this is important. This is what they say. It remains functionally different from normal tissue. The remodeled ligaments are different than normal ligaments and remain inferior and laxity results. This ligament remodeling predisposes the joint to further damage. And that's the end of what they said there in, in the study about that remodeling phase. But keep in mind, these three phases of healing where, as they said, remains inferior to normal ligaments and predisposes the joint to further damage, this happens in their stretching phases four and five with micro tearing and complete tearing. Micro tearing of ligaments, a strain sprain injury, gets that same type of healing as well as those complete tears of the ligament. Now, what will this inferior healing do to the patients? Now, the article says, hey, traditionally the cause of osteoarthritis was thought to be due to aging and wear and tear on the joint. 
but more recent studies have shown that ligaments play a crucial role in the development of osteoarthritis. Bones begin to track improperly and put pressure on different areas, resulting in rubbing of bones on cartilage. This causes the breakdown of cartilage and ultimately leads to deterioration. The article went on to show that, now pay attention, this is important, ligament damage leads to increased osteoarthritis, muscle weakness, joint laxity, joint instability, decreased function. Read those again. Muscle weakness, joint laxity, joint instability, and decreased function. Now, the article talks a little bit about how do we diagnose ligament damage. I've been asked in depositions before, hey, if you're talking about this real serious ligament damage seen in this patient's neck, why did we not see that on MRI? Now, a quote from the article says, quote, MRI is not always the best tool of the trade. MRI is unable to detect when ligaments are lax or stretched, unquote. So we typically use x-rays, motion x-rays, to detect changes in the joint and to assess the function and stability of the joint there. And we're going to talk more about that in future podcasts, about alteration of motion segment integrity, how the diagnosis and x-rays came about, what the levels mean, stuff like that. Now, the article goes on to talk about management. How do we manage ligament damage? And they compared it to the search for the Holy Grail. They said that therapies can help alleviate the subjective symptoms of pain following a ligament injury, but do not all contribute to the actual healing of ligament tissues. So we're going to go over all the different treatments and management options they went over in this study for ligament damage. One of the ones they talked about is immobilize and rest. Immobilizing a joint can cause detrimental side effects. Despite this evidence that we shouldn't immobilize and rest, the treatment protocol known as RICE has been commonly used, which stands for rest, ice, compress, and elevate. And that's been shown to be not a good treatment for ligaments. How about NSAIDs, pain medicine? Um, they help manage pain, right? Well, the studies show that they have an adverse effect on healing of ligaments by decreasing the inflammation. Inflammation recruits cells to the area, which initiates a healing process. So although inflammation can be painful, we want that as part of the healing process. The next treatment they talked about was steroid injections, cortisone. Now they showed that they will inhibit the histological, biochemical, and biomechanical properties of the ligament healing. So although they can manage some of the symptoms, they are bad for the ligaments. Diet and nutrition was another one they talked about. They said a diet of low saturated fat and high micronutrients may help decrease the progression of osteoarthritis, but showed no benefit with the ligament healing. Now, surgery was another option they came up with. Surgery. Even after ligaments have been surgically repaired or reconstructed, they remain weaker than the original ligaments and are unable to hold the same tensile load. Now, there are no surgical repairs for the spinal ligaments. So as far as surgery goes there, the only option would be maybe a fusion of the spine, which we wouldn't typically do, and it wouldn't be a cure or a fix for a ligament, but it may help with some of the secondary symptoms. If the ligament damage was causing radiculopathy, myelopathy, which is the pinching of the nerve roots or the spinal cord, then maybe we would need a surgery there. But that, once again, would not help with the ligaments. The next treatment they came up with was prolotherapy. This would be an injection where they will inject you with platelet-rich plasma 
And the study showed that this has shown an increase in the inflammatory healing response, but still left with inferior ligament remodeling. And now my favorite treatment they talked about is mobilization and exercise, moving that joint and having the patient exercise. The study showed that functional treatment involving motion of the affected joint was a statistically significant strategy for healing the injured ligament. Patients with mobilization and exercise were able to return to work quicker and resume activities sooner. They showed a decrease in pain, swelling, stiffness, and were able to preserve more range of motion showed a decrease in stability on motion x-rays. Still, this is just a management. This isn't a cure for these ligaments. So even with management of ligament damage, the ligament will remain structurally inferior, lose the ligament-mediated muscular reflexive control, which we'll talk about in future podcasts. They'll only regain those type 3 collagen, which has 10 to 20% of the normal viscoelastic properties, we're going to get osteoarthritis, joint instability, muscle weakness, and decreased function. And that'll happen at different levels with different types of ligament damage. If we have the micro-tearing, we're still getting those problems. It's just maybe not as advanced as the catastrophic tearing. Okay, I'd like to give a real-world experience of a report I was able to write for a patient of mine that I use this article a lot in my understanding and cited in the uh, article. The patient that comes to my mind is a young single mother. She was not in a high-speed collision. There wasn't a lot of damage in the motor vehicle collision. She was working. She went to school, and she raised her family. She didn't have a lot of time to come in for care. She was seen 10 times after the accident, and then the following year came back in two times because her symptoms still persisted. She wasn't released from care. She just had a hard time coming in. There were lots of gaps in care, and she had not crossed the PIP threshold in Utah for the attorney to get her a settlement. The patient remained in a lot of pain and had a lot of dysfunction. X-rays in my office did show that she had alteration of motion segment integrity. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a future podcast. These X-rays showed she did have serious and complete ligament damage in her cervical spine. This article helped with her final report in a couple significant ways. It showed that ligaments are the most frequent injured tissue within a joint with the most common mechanism of injury being blunt trauma and more often injured in women. The x-rays showed that the ligaments were damaged. This article supported that blunt trauma as seen in her motor vehicle collision, if it did cause cervical pain, is most likely her ligaments since they are the most frequent injured tissue and this type of injury is often seen in women more than men. This article showed that following this type of injury, the injured ligaments will lead to inadequate healing and tissue formation that is inferior to the tissue it has replaced. The incomplete healing and lower integrity of the new ligament tissue results in ligament laxity, predisposing the joint to further injury. This cycle of ligament injury and subsequent laxity causes joint instability, which leads to chronic pain, diminished function, and ultimately to osteoarthritis of the affected joint. Her x-rays showed no osteoarthritis, indicating that this ligament damage seen on x-rays is not an old injury. This article helps show ligament damage is often micro-tearing or complete tearing. This correlated with the motion x-rays showing significant ligament damage. This article showed that her ligament damage will lead to increased osteoarthritis, muscle weakness, joint laxity, joint instability, and decreased function. 
This article showed that there is no healing of this type of injury for my patient, but only ongoing management. In collaboration with the neurosurgeon I work with, we came up with a future care plan for her. As seen in this article, increasing movement of the affected joint is the only treatment shown to help manage the injury. The treatment plan consisted of monthly chiropractic treatment and a home care exercise program. The future treatment plan from the neurosurgeon was that she was not a surgical candidate at this time, but her ligament damage is a degenerative type of injury that will lead to osteoarthritis over the years. It is likely that in the next 15 to 20 years, her cervical spine may deteriorate to the point she will have nerve involvement and may need surgery at this time. This future surgery will be directly related to the ligament damage seen in her spine following the motor vehicle collision. She was given an impairment rating for her ligament damage, which was shown to be permanent injury, and she was able to overcome the PIP threshold in the state of Utah. The attorney was able to settle her case for policy limits of $50,000. And to sum up her case, this was a very important injury to this young patient. She didn't have time to manage it properly, which made it harder for the attorneys to settle. But once we could show it was a permanent injury that needed ongoing management and that it will lead to those important things that we've already read, osteoarthritis, muscle weakness, joint laxity, joint instability, decreased function, and other articles that I included showing the effects ligament damage has on the reflexive control of muscles was very significant in helping her case. Thank you for listening to the Forensic Chiropractor Podcast. Dr. Clayton can be found online at ime-utah.com. Theme song is Three Fishers by the band Aggregate. Three